All right. Well, we are continuing today in our series, Improve Your Life in 2017. And if you've missed any of the weeks in the series, I encourage you to either go online at vineyard-christian.org and catch up there. Or if you request, we'll give you a, uh, a free CD of any uh, sermon that you've missed. Uh, I really think it's a great idea if you're a member here that you just always try to keep track of uh, what's been going on when you have to miss. And I just think that's a good practice. So I hope you guys will do that. But the biblical counsel that we've received so far in this series uh, has included that if we want to improve our lives this year, we need to enthrone God on our lives. That's what we talked about the first week. And then we moved from that, and in the second week, we talked about the importance of connecting with God more if we want to improve our lives. The third week, we talked about the importance of rest. Uh, The fourth week, we talked about the importance of choosing better thoughts if we want to live a better life this year. And then last week, we talked about the importance of having some big dreams in our lives and persevering as we pursue uh, those dreams. And today, I want to start by reading a single verse of Scripture. It's Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, which uh, we know as the golden rule. It is contained within the Sermon on the Mount, which is uh, a sermon that Jesus preached that is considered by both Christians and non-Christians alike to to contain some of the best moral teaching that you can ever uh, find. And I'm going to read this from both the New Living Translation and the Message versions of the Bible. Here's how it reads in the New Living Translation. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law And the prophets. And now the message, which I especially like the way this is translated in the message. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. Uh, Again, uh, this verse presents the uh, golden rule, which most people know, even if they don't know that it comes from Scripture. I mean, most of us know, probably everyone in this room, no matter how young, how old, we know do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's just one of those things, you know, you know, like you know that the Browns aren't any good, you know the golden uh, rule. And, And you don't really find people objecting to the golden rule. You know, you don't find people like angry about the golden rule. You don't find people saying, oh, no, that's just horrible advice. No, it's, it's universally accepted as really good counsel. It's easy to remember. It just rolls off the tongue. It's great counsel, but of course, it's rather challenging to live it out. And yet, if we could live out this counsel, our families, our communities, the church, the world, these would all be very different and much better Uh, places. I'm told by those who are supposed to know such things that the golden rule existed in negative form centuries before Jesus included it in a positive form uh, here in the Sermon on the Mount. Don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you, I'm told, predates Jesus' teaching by centuries. But what Jesus did is he took that that uh, teaching that people would have been familiar with, and he offered something much more revolutionary. He offered something that has much more potential for good than not doing something. Jesus said, do to others what you would like them to do to you. Jesus' teaching wasn't don't do, it was do. It's radically different. 
It contains infinitely more potential for transforming situations, churches, communities, and the entire world. I mean, many people don't do things to other people that they don't want them to do uh, to them. That's actually, for the most part, a pretty easy thing to do. But doing to others what we would like them to do to us, that's different. And it has a lot more transformative potential. So what I want to do today is I want to spend just a few minutes looking a little bit more closely at this verse, at the golden rule, and what it looks like for us to live this out. Again, I love the message translation of this so much that I want to read it again. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. So the first thing that Jesus tells us to do is stop and think, what are the things that you would like other people to do for you? How many of you kind of have an idea of things you wish other people would do for you? Yeah? I have a very long list, if anybody's interested, of things I'd like other people to do for me. There there are a variety of ways that we can answer this. You know, I I think that most of us would like to receive more encouraging words than we do. We, We would like to have people say nice things about us to us. Many of us would like to have more active social lives than we do. We'd like someone to invite us over to dinner or invite us out to dinner or invite us to go see a movie or invite us to go hiking with them or any number of things. In my home group recently, we had a discussion where we talked about how lonely adult life can be. And we all kind of acknowledge that, you know, even as we say that, we realize that our schedules really conspire against us. Like, like, like it's really hard to fix that, even though we recognize that we need more social interaction. We're not sure how we would accommodate it if all of a sudden we had a ton of social, action, uh, social interaction with other people. And yet there was, I believe I'm being accurate, pretty much universal affirmation in our group that yes, adult life can be lonely and we recognize the need to have more social interaction, more activity with friends than what we do. Most of us, I think, hope that other people will be praying for us. Most of us hope that if we have a need around our house, something we don't know how to do ourselves, a a home repair project, something like that, uh, that other people would be willing to help us out with that. The list can go on and on of things that could be meaningful and encouraging if other people would do those for us. And so the first part of Jesus' counsel is that we think about the things we wish other people would do for us. And so that's what I want us to do today. On the back of the seat in front of you, in addition to the welcome card, there should be another card there that is a list with blank lines. So if you would go ahead and pull that out. And here's what we want to do. I'm going to give you about three minutes, give or take, And what I want you to do, TJ is going to play some music here in a second. While the music is playing, I want you to write down some things that you wish other people would do for you. Now, there are seven spots there. You can do seven things. If you only do three or four, that's fine. If you have like 25 things, you can just flip it over on the back and keep writing. And if you need more paper, Heather can run to the office and get you some more paper. Uh, but, uh, but, But anyway, we want to take just a few minutes 
and just do this little exercise. I did it in the first service, so while, uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to run out and have a coughing fit. Um, so, so take just a few minutes, uh, go down that list, write some things that you would like people to do for you, starting now. my internal clock is, but that seemed like about three minutes to me. So uh, poor Ben, he about freaked out when he saw me leaving the auditorium. Wondered what what happened in here. All right. So did you get some things written down on your list? Let me see a show of hands. You got some things on your list? Okay. So Jesus told us, told them and tells us today, think about the things that you'd like other people to do for you. And now that you have your list, grab the initiative, and go do those things for other people. All of the things you'd like someone to do for you, go do those things for someone else. Not don't do things to other people that you don't want them to do to you, but rather do this list of things for someone else. Speak the encouraging word that you would like to receive yourself. Give that word to someone else. Pray for someone else. 
just like you hope that someone is praying for you. Find someone who's in need of help around their house or with their car or any other type of help and provide for them the help that you wish somebody would provide for you. Go invite someone to connect socially. Ask someone to dinner. Invite someone to your house. Invite them to go do something with you. I love the word choice in the message. Grab the initiative. Don't wait for others. You initiate. I am completely convinced that one of the greatest things many of us could do to improve our lives this year is to initiate more, to grab the initiative more than what we currently do. You know, so many of us are inclined to be reactive. We kind of lay low until someone else does something that we then can react to. But Jesus is encouraging us not to be reactive in doing good, not just to do good in response to others doing good to us. He's telling us to be initiators of good. Don't wait around. Don't don't wait to react to someone else. You, every one of you who have a list of things that you'd like people to do for you, initiate those things with other people. Don't be passive, grab the initiative. For a pretty long time, I would say maybe, maybe for a couple years or so, I was feeling like I was supposed to reach out uh, to an extended family member that I really had not had a substantive conversation with in, in years. I mean, probably 20 years. I mean, I'm not even sure I've ever had a substantive conversation with this family member, actually. But I was feeling like I was supposed to initiate a conversation with them, and I allowed all kinds of reasons, some that were legitimate, some that weren't, to keep me from ever initiating uh, getting together with this person. And finally, a few weeks ago, something clicked. I don't know what it was. Maybe the sun was out, and I was feeling extra happy that day or something. I'm not sure where the motivation came from. Uh, but, But somehow, motivation clicked in, and I finally contacted this family member, and I asked if we could get together. And, uh, and we did, and just, uh, just this past week we got together. And a whole lot of good resulted from this connection. I found out that this person who uh, had never shown any initiative toward me, just like I had not shown any initiative toward them, actually had a pretty significant desire for us to have a closer relationship. And I found out that this family member, it was actually kind of a sad realization, but uh, it was a good and healthy realization, found out that this family member had always assumed that my attitude toward them was one of indifference, uh, which is a good description of what I would have assumed their attitude was toward me as well. Uh, But both of us were able to express a desire for a better relationship. Uh, we, We wanted that, even though neither of us had done anything to change the status quo. But once I finally decided to act then good resulted from it. Now we'll see what fruit it bears long term, but the initial initial, uh, results were very good. A couple hours after meeting with this person, I received a text that said in part, thank you for taking the initiative to get us together. I am convinced that one of the best ways we can improve our lives and others' lives is to take the initiative more. So once we have our list of things we'd like others to do for us, and we set out to do those same things for others, there are some things that we need to keep in mind. It is important for us to keep in mind that Jesus never promises us that if we'll practice the golden rule, that the good we do 
will be reciprocated. You don't see that promise in the golden rule. There's not a promise of reciprocation. Our our motivation to do good to others is not to be seen as a strategy to have them do good to us. Our motivation is supposed to be doing good for the sake of doing good. It's it's not like, hey, hey, I want to give you a compliment. Here's your compliment. You got one for me now? It's not, hey, I'm going to help you out with something now. Um, Just in passing, I thought I'd mention that I need help too. Can you help me? It, it's not like that. It's, it's not doing good for the sake of, of getting something from someone. And I'm convinced that when our hearts are right, when we get our minds right, when we allow God to do the work in us that he wants to do, initiating good, doing good becomes its own reward. We have no promise of reciprocation. We're just to do it for its own sake. I think one of the surest signs of spiritual growth and maturity is when we can find joy in doing good for others with truly no thought for whether or not the person is going to return the kindness. When you can help someone with a project around their house and then you need help and they're not available, are you still able to be joyful and and thankful that you were able to help them? If so, I think that's a real sign of spiritual maturity. When you invite someone to dinner, you invite them to go to a movie or to do anything socially with you and it does not result in a close friendship. Maybe it doesn't even result in a single reciprocation. Can you still be joyful at the kindness you showed them? Can you still be appreciative of a couple hours spent investing in someone who God loves and Christ died for even if nothing comes back to you? If you can, I think it's a real sign of spiritual maturity. The golden rule does not promise us reciprocation. It simply tells us to do the good for others that we would like done for us. And that's kind of where it leaves it. There are no promises. There are no guarantees. But here's something that experience does tell us. The more good that we initiate, the more we increase our chances of reciprocation. Have you ever noticed that when you're in a particularly good mood and and like you're going about your daily business and you just kind of joyfully greet people in the store or at work or wherever you're at, that, that, that the more joyful you are, the more frequently you see uh, joyful uh, interactions coming back your direction. How many of you have noticed that? Yeah, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. That's, that's uh, something I notice quite a bit. Have you ever noticed that when someone treats you really well, so well that it kind of lifts your spirit that the next person that you interact with, like you treat them better than you have anybody all day. Have you noticed that kind of dynamic going on? Yeah, I noticed that happen. Uh, That person gets the friendliest version of you because someone else sowed some good in you, you go and sow some good in someone else. Now, I'm not suggesting something like the secret where we put out, you know, these positive vibes to the universe and then they come back to us. That's not what I'm saying. But the Bible does affirm sowing and reaping. And it applies to doing good. The more good you sow, the more good that is reaped. Some of the good that we sow will fall on hard ground. And it's not going to produce a harvest for us or anybody else. 
Some of the good that we sow will be choked off by troubles in people's lives and it's not gonna produce anything for anyone else or for us. But some of the good that we sow will reap good and some of the good that is reaped might even come our direction. When I interact with someone in a joyful way, I often see their countenance change and they match my joyful interaction. Not always, not always. Some people react with indifference. Some people react with increased hostility. Uh, But joy often reaps joy. Kindness often reaps kindness. And so we don't initiate good just to have it reciprocated, but the more we do initiate good, the more we increase our chances of reciprocation. After telling us to think of the good we'd like others to do to us and then do those things for other people, Jesus said this, This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. As it relates to how we interact, how we treat our fellow man, Jesus says that everything contained in the law, everything that you read about from the prophets in the Old Testament, everything that is contained in the Old Testament, taken down to his essence, it's the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. It's like Jesus is saying, if I were to summarize the entire Old Testament for you, this is how I would summarize it. Do the good to others that you want them to do to you. You still ought to read the Old Testament, but if you haven't, you can obey it by following the golden rule. And so to improve your life this year, my encouragement today from the scriptures is grab the initiative. Don't wait to react to the good others do to you, but initiate doing good for others. Improve your life by initiating more. And there are so many ways that we can walk this out, so many ways that we can apply this to our lives. Some of us need to initiate more at work. We need to show more initiative at work. Instead of just doing what's expected and checking off the boxes of our responsibilities and calling it a day, we need to take more initiative. How can I go about being a blessing to my coworkers, to my supervisor, to my customers? For your supervisor, you say, if I were the supervisor, how would I like my subordinates to treat me? How, what good would I like them to do for me? And then you do that for your supervisor, no matter how annoying and frustrating the person is. For our customers, if the roles were reversed and I was the customer in this situation, how would I want me, (laughs) how would I want to be treated? You think through those things and then you, you do that. Many, most of us need to take more initiative in sharing our faith and inviting people to church. We are totally passive as it comes to sharing our faith. We just don't do it. We just don't do it. You know, if someone asks us something, we, we might muster up the courage to say something, but by and large, we're just, not, we're just not doing it. And we need to take the initiative. We need to say, this isn't something I'm just going to, to be reactive to. This is something I'm going to set out to do. I'm going to grab the initiative. And I hope that as we're talking today that you're allowing God to encourage you in the specific ways that you might need to apply this message But there's one area that stood out to me as I was preparing the message uh, for today as being an application of this sermon that God really wanted to highlight 
for all of us today because it holds so much potential for good in your life and in the lives of those around you. I think that God is calling many of us here today to begin to initiate more in the area of socializing with other people, to take the initiative and invite someone to do something with you socially. Recently, Michelle and I were at a social event with a a couple of other uh, couples from the church here. And at the end of the night, we were all uh, standing around outside of the the place that we had been. And and we were commenting about how much we enjoyed the evening and, and how much we all desired to have more evenings like that. And then we all admitted to each other that the reason we don't have more evenings like that is because we don't take the initiative to make them happen. And so we, we lamented that. And I think that's true for, for so many of us in the church. And so what I'm calling for today, what I'm appealing to you about today is that you would change that, that you would begin to initiate more. As we reflect on how lonely adult life can be, it should highlight to us the importance of taking the initiative in our relationships. Michelle and I have often reflected on one of the closest relationships we uh, have historically had with another couple. And we realized something about the relationship, uh, you know, kind of years after the fact, we realized that the other couple constantly initiated with us. Like we didn't have to plan anything. We just said, okay, to all of their ideas. They, they were initiators. And they did not seem to count the number of times that we initiated. Because if they had been counting, they probably would have stopped asking us to do stuff because it was very, it was very unbalanced. But they didn't seem to mind that. They just kept initiating. It did not matter to them. They were not keeping score. They were initiators. And so they just kept doing it, and we kept saying, okay. And so one of my appeals to us today is commit to initiating without keeping score. It does not mean that every initiative you take is going to result in a real connection being made. Don't put that expectation uh, on your initiating. It's okay if every initiative you undertake doesn't result in some, uh, some great friendship being developed. Appreciate each moment spent with another person for what it is. Valuable time spent with another person, whether or not it leads to a lasting friendship or not. Initiate, and then just keep taking the initiative. There's a group of people here today that uh, I believe I am supposed to very specifically appeal to, and that is those of you who have found yourselves feeling lonely. Maybe you've found yourself feeling disappointed that no one is connected with you in the ways that you have desired. I think I am supposed to appeal to anyone that that resonates with today. And I think what I'm supposed to appeal to you is this, what you want others to do for you, take the initiative and do that for someone else. Take the initiative with no concern for reciprocation. Just do it out of obedience to Christ out of obedience to his teaching from Matthew 7, 12. And then keep doing it. Keep taking the initiative. Finding joy in doing good for others. 
finding joy and blessing other people, learning to appreciate each moment spent in the company of another person that God loves and Christ died for, whether it leads to something more or whether that moment is all it is. If you'll start initiating what you'd like others to do for you, I'm confident that you'll be blessed by by doing the good, even if you never receive any reciprocation from it. But I'm also confident that the more you do that, the more good you sow, the more you're going to increase your chances of making a connection that will lead to the kind of things, the kind of relationship that you desire for yourself. This is my appeal, and this is my hope that all of us will do this. Why don't you stand?